Okay, Psalm 6 and verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thy, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee in the grave. Who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all your workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Let us pray. Our Father, as we bow before you, I thank you for uh, just the privilege to be here today. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you, Lord, for all the songs. And, oh God, I pray as we look into your word that our hearts will be open to that that you have for us. God, I pray I could just be a vessel that you could speak through today. Give me the very words to say, O oh God, and the power to say the men. Lord, speak to my heart and the hearts of everyone today. If there be one unsaved, I pray for their salvation. I pray you revive and encourage your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you today on the subject of healing. Uh, I was uh, reading uh, through the Psalms this week. I'm, I'm kind of following the... Uh, the calendar I gave you this year, and uh, in following that guideline, generally I start the beginning and read through, uh, but uh, the one that's given there, of course, uh, has the book of Genesis and then some of the Psalms, and uh, I've been listening to the book of Genesis on tape and reading the Psalms, so I was reading this week, and, and reading uh, chapter 30 actually is, is really the Lord really began to speak to my heart. And uh, verse 2 said, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. And uh, it gives a reference there, at least the Schofield Bible does, back to uh, Psalm 6, and uh, where the prayer is made in verse 2, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me. For my bones are vexed. So the request is made for healing. And in this psalm, uh, healing has been given. And that really caught my attention and was real uh, blessing to me. So uh, I began to uh, study uh, more on this subject. And uh, some things I believe that God would have, have us know today. And the first thing we'd like to look at is the reason... Uh, or why we need healing. Uh, well, it can all be summed up in one word, and that's sin. Before there was any sin, there was no sickness and no need of healing. And I thought of the Lord Jesus, you know, who was without sin, and uh, there's no evidence that he was ever sick. In fact, I don't believe that he was, or ever had any problems. And, uh, but... Uh, uh, sin is the culprit. It's the reason. Now, it affects the soul. The soul needs healing just as much as the body. 
In Psalm 41 and verse 4, I say, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. And the reason the soul needs healing is because everybody has a sin problem. We're born with it. We got it from Adam. Uh, he started it there, and uh, Adam and Eve, and been transferred to every human being that's ever lived except Jesus, who did not have an earthly father. And so uh, the reason the soul needs healing is because the soul is sinful. And the Bible said, The soul that sinneth it shall die. So this is the greatest need. And uh, in Jeremiah 3, 22, he says, Return your backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. So uh, we need healing as far as uh, salvation. When God saves us, He heals our soul. Uh, but after we're saved, <clears throat> sometimes we need healing for our backslidings. And this affects the soul and the life and the mind. And so the Lord calls on Israel uh, to come back. And He said, I will heal your backslidings. Uh, in Matthew 13, 15, this was the position they took, though. He said, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. And this is taken from the prophet Isaiah, who... Uh, uh, was given that commission to go and preach to them, and yet he said they will not believe, they will not come for healing. So that's the greatest need. If there would be one here today unsaved, then the greatest need is for the healing of the soul. Then there is a need, of course, for the healing of the body, the sickness that affects the body. Sometimes sickness is a result of, of personal sin. Uh, sometimes sickness is simply a result of, uh, of uh, sin in the world, the fact that we live in a world of sin. In fact, I'm saved. Uh, that does not exempt me from sickness or trouble or tragedy in my life. And uh, there are some who preach that, well, you know, if you're sick, there's something wrong. and uh, that, uh, that is not necessarily so. There may be something wrong. But there may not be. In fact, in John there he talks about, they said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And the Lord said, neither. But this is for the glory of God, that it's not because of personal sin, but it's fact that, uh, that uh, God would get glory out of it. And, but in the case here in Psalms, uh, verse 1 and 2 in Psalm 6, he said, O Lord, rebuke me not, and thine anger neither chasten me, in thy hot displeasure, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. In the case here, it seems to indicate that it was a result of, of sin. was a result of uh, disobedience and God's chastisement. I certainly think that uh, uh, that, that ought to be a concern. You know, when uh, we may have affliction, that we ought to question, Lord, is there anything in my life that would, uh, that would have uh, brought this about and have an open mind. And if God, if there's something there, I think God is very, very willing and ready to, to show us. 
Uh, it's like I, I heard about a, uh, a person who came to a preacher and they said, I, I think I've sinned and uh, I can't remember. I, I don't know where I've sinned or not. I can't remember what I've done. And the preacher said, well, why don't you just guess at it? And said they guessed the first time. Uh, and uh, the fact is that, uh, that if we've done wrong, we, we know about it. And God convicts in any way if you're saved. If God deals with you like He deals with me, when I do wrong, it bothers me. Uh, it bothers me a whole lot. And uh, no one has to tell me. No one has to, uh, you know, uh, examine me to find out if I've done wrong. God lets me know. The Holy Spirit lets me know. And so if, if there is sin, it needs to be confessed. And uh, it, again, if God doesn't reveal that it's because of sin, then it may be simple result of being in a world of sin, or it may be for God's glory. Who knows uh, all the reasons that God may have affliction in our body. Now, in, in James 5, I think the context indicates that that's probably the case. In 1 Corinthians 11:30, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. In the case in the church of Corinth, they were abusing the Lord's Supper, and uh, because of that, uh, sickness was coming upon them, and even death. Some were dying as a result of their sin. So sin can bring sickness. It can be personal sin, or it can be the fact of a sinful world and the sinful situation that we live in uh, produces sickness, and we're probably all going to have it. I guess everybody in here has been sick uh, one time or another, and something's going to take us out of this world. Uh, there, the Bible talks about a, a sickness uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that he died of, a certain king there, a sickness that brought his death. And then the, there's a sickness of the state or the nation. A nation can be sick, and sick with sin. The song, of course, uh, uh, talking about the, the, the babies. You know, it's hard for us to comprehend that, isn't it? The number that are being slaughtered, uh, a million and a half. That's, uh, can you imagine what a million and a half people look like if they were in one place? And our nation, I'm afraid, is sick. When a nation can do that, a nation's sick and needs healing, uh, certainly, and many, many other reels of our country. Now Israel, of course, is their example of this. In Isaiah 57, 17, he said, For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth. Jeremiah 8, 14, For the Lord our God hath put us to silence and given, and, and given us water of gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. God's judgment was upon Israel because of their sin. And uh, God had promised there in Exodus 15, 26, He said, He said, and If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in His sight and wilt give ear to His commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. God promised Israel. He said, if you will obey me, then I won't put the, the diseases of Egypt upon you. And uh, 
uh, I believe that AIDS is the judgment of God. And uh, some people uh, become angry uh, about that. But uh, it certainly can be traced back to the homosexual lifestyle. Uh, that, uh, that that's where it, uh, where it had its origin. Of course, innocent people are affected by it. But uh, uh, he said, the diseases of Egypt. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Now, Egypt, uh, Jeremiah 46, 11, he says, go up into Gilead and take balm, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shalt thou use many medicines, for thy shall not be cured. Think of that. He said about Egypt there, he said, uh, the medicine won't cure the disease that you'll have. And so here we have these diseases uh, that are incurable. And it's all because of sin. And sometimes the sins of a nation. Uh, I don't believe that our nation could continue in the path it's going without having to pay the price. You find it talks about Manasseh. You know the story of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. And we'll look at him in a moment. But he, uh, he the Isaiah, the prophet, was sent to him and he told him to set thine house in order for thou shalt die and not live. Hezekiah besought the Lord and begged God for more time and God gave him 15 years. And in that 15 years he had another child and the child was Manasseh. Manasseh was completely unlike Hezekiah, unlike his father. Hezekiah was a, was a great king and a great man, a great Christian. But Manasseh was wicked and vile. And the Bible said that he filled Jerusalem from one end to the other with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. And you read in the Word of God later, some years later, that the judgment of God came. And the reason, he gives the reason for that judgment was because of the sins of Manasseh in shedding innocent blood. The Bible says God will not pardon it. The only remedy for the shedding of innocent blood is the blood of the one that shed it. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's been much in the news lately about... Uh, about the killing of uh, doctors that perform abortions, and I'm not advocating that at all. I think that's wrong. One murder does not justify another murder. But I want to say to you that the killing of a doctor that performs an abortion is no worse, or maybe not as bad, as all the, the murders that he's committed. They're both equally wrong, and one even probably more so because of the innocence of the baby. And the doctor's not innocent, is he? And so uh, the reason is sin. That's the reason that we need healing. Now I want to talk about the remedy. The remedy is the Lord. He said, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. I want to say that God is the only one that can heal. And he ought to get the glory in all healing. Exodus 15, 26, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Psalm 103, verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who does the healing? God. Now, uh, God can use means and does. 
Uh, but it's the Lord that does it. Jeremiah 17, 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. In Matthew 4, 23, Jesus healed all manner of sickness and disease. Matthew 9, 35, He healed every sickness and every disease among the, among the people. And Matthew 12, 15, He healed them all. Unlike these modern-day so-called healers, Jesus could heal anything. He could heal every sickness and every disease. And there it said, He healed them all. And uh, no man has that kind of power, but Jesus does. Now I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 16 for an illustration here. 2 Chronicles 16. Uh, we have the story of King Asa here in the Bible, 2 Chronicles 16, page 504. 2 Chronicles 16 and uh, verse 12 and 13. And Asa in the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet, until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the, to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. The point I want you to see there is that Asa sought not to the Lord. Now there was nothing wrong with him seeking the physicians. The wrong was that he put his trust in them instead of the Lord. See, And I think any time, you know, uh, any time that, we, that we're sick and we go to the doctor and the doctor does what they can do, prescribes the medicine, uh, that we ought to realize it's really the Lord that makes it work. It's the Lord that does the healing. You know, sometimes you, you t I, I've, over the years I've seen people sick. I've seen people sick with the same disease. They receive the same treatment. One gets well and one doesn't. How do you explain that? Well, it's ultimately the Lord that does the healing, isn't it? And here Asa made a mistake in the fact that he, he depended on the doctors instead of the Lord. Now, in 2 Kings, if you'll turn back a little bit there, 2 Kings chapter 20, we have Hezekiah there that I referred to. And Hezekiah uh, was, of course, a good king. Second Kings 20 here, verse 5. And uh, uh, the, Isaiah is given a new message now to, to give to Hezekiah. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the ball, and he recovered. Now, God could have healed Hezekiah immediately. Don't you think so? Jesus did that. Jesus healed immediately. In cases, other cases he did not. One case he, 
Uh, he got the clay and spit on it and put it on the individual's eyes. Well, he didn't have to do that. And here, they didn't have to do this to Hezekiah. But he said that on the third day, uh, you'll be healed. And they took this lump of figs and they laid it on the wall and he recovered. Now this tells us that God sometimes uses medicine, I think, and doctors and other means to bring about our healing. But it is always God that does the healing. And I think that's something we should always recognize, that uh, God can heal uh, without doctors, God can heal with the doctors, or God can heal in spite of the doctors sometimes. And so uh, healing is from the Lord. So the cause, the reason for sickness is, is sin, and the remedy is the Lord. Now I want, I want you to notice uh, the means or how God brings about this healing. We know the Lord does it. Now how does God do it? Again, we've seen that God may use uh, medicines. God may use doctors to perform His healing. And, uh, uh, but uh, God uses prayer as far as what we're to do, and that is pray. In James 5, verse 13, He said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. If you have affliction, if you have sickness, God says, pray about it. Pray about it yourself. And I think one reason we ought, we ought to pray about it ourselves is uh, to allow the Holy Spirit of God to examine our own heart and see if there may be a cause for the sickness, a personal cause. If you're afflicted, then pray about it. Then in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Second of all, he said, I want you to pray. Then he said, I want others to pray. Well, to pray for one another. And that's why, that's why we have prayer lists. That's why we come together the first Wednesday of every month and we do nothing but pray. And we have our prayer list. Uh, because uh, we believe that we ought to pray for one another. So he says... Uh, Pray for yourself and then pray for one another. For what reason? That you may be healed. And confess your faults one to another. Uh, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. And then he says, let others pray. And confess your faults one to another. Again, I think the context in that particular case probably indicates that, that this sickness is a result of, of sin maybe a personal sin, no doubt. And uh, otherwise, why, why confess it? You know, uh, why would I confess my faults to one another unless I had sinned against one another? If I have, if I have sinned, if I commit a sin, maybe a fault, I sin in thought that does not affect anyone else, do I have to confess that to you? No. I confess that to the Lord. That's between me and God. That hasn't involved anyone else. But if I speak evil, if I say uh, I speak unkindly, and I, I, I say something I ought to say, and I say it maybe in anger or whatever, and I, it affects another person, then that puts it in a different perspective. I've involved someone else. 
and sickness may come. Uh, then I, I have a responsibility to confess to one another. I confess that to, to the person that I've offended. Or if I've offended a church or, or a group of people or whatever, uh, then I would confess it as, as sin to the church. And then in verse 14, he said, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. In, 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 and I believe that's a special circumstance there. I certainly believe it is still applicable. But the anointing with all. And let them pray over him. So the, the, the thing that we need to see here is prayer is very much a part of God's healing. That... Uh, we ought to pray. And if I didn't believe that, I'd never give out any, any names when we, when we had a prayer list. I believe prayer makes a difference. So we ought to pray for healing. And then, we must have faith. I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 14. Acts 14. Acts chapter 14. And uh, uh, verse number 8. Acts 14, verse 8, page 1168. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, saying with a, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on my feet. And he leaped and walked. Now notice, verse 9 said, He perceived that he had faith to be healed. So God heals in answer to prayer. God also heals uh, in response to faith. Now what if the man hadn't had any faith? Would he have been healed? I don't think so. The Bible said this man never had walked. I mean, he had never walked. And uh, Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. And may I say to you that God is the only one that can give you faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can't work faith up. You can't decide, I'm going to have faith. Oh, I'm going to work and have more faith. You can't, you can't work it up. God has to give it. It's a gift of God. And, uh, you know, if God... It may not be the will of God for healing to come. And if it's not the will of God, then he will not give faith. I've, I've, I've seen God heal. I've seen God heal miraculously. I remember years ago, if I remember, it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, I can't remember which. But anyway, we, ha we were having service and this man had been to the doctors and was facing open heart surgery. And uh, God moved in a, in a very unusual way in that service. We had prayer, and the presence of God was, you know, one of those times when God was very, very real. And it was not just me, but the whole congregation seemed like was affected by it. There was, God gave an unusual faith, is just what I'm saying. And that man went back to the doctor and the doctor couldn't find anything wrong. Now that's God. 
And sometimes God gives faith like that. And God is the one that must give it. Again, you can't just decide, well, we're going we're to heal everybody. <laughs> well, we're not going to heal anybody, you know, as far as that goes. But God has to give the faith. And so faith is important. Now, we believe that God is able. I don't think there's anyone in here today that would doubt that God can do it. The doubts we have is whether God will or not. And that's where God has to give the faith that God not only can do it, but He will do it. And then there must be power. Luke 5, 17 said, The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And this is during the ministry of the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. There must be prayer. There must be faith. And there must be the power of the Holy Spirit of God because it's God that actually does the work. If there's any healing, it's God that does. And whether God uses doctors or God doesn't use doctors, the doctor can perform the operation and prescribe the medicine, but it's God that has to do the healing. And for God to do the healing, there must be the power of God in operation. He said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And of course this was out. In, in, in this case there were no doctors and God was doing it, the Lord was doing it without the use of doctors. And then an, a fourth thing is the Word of God. You say, does the Word of God have any part in healing? It sure does. In Psalm 107 verse 20, He sent His Word and healed them. Speaking Israel there. He sent His Word and healed them. Of course, uh, the Word of God is what heals the soul, certainly, isn't it? Uh, the centurion servant here is, is, uh, is healed. And in verse 7, And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. He was sick of the palsy there, grievously tormented. Verse 6, and the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And then in verse number 16, when the even was come, uh, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. So the word of God is, uh, is important in healing. Uh, following the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, accepting the Word of God and the instructions of the Word of God certainly is, is important in healing. I don't believe God's obligated to heal when we violate the Word of God. And these modern-day so-called healers, when they violate the Word of God and they, they, they make promises that God never made, uh, a person has no authority, has no right to claim healing except by the instructions and by the Word of God Himself that can bring healing. And then re the refusal of healing. Why does healing not come? Well, again, uh, it, may be, uh, it may not be God's will to heal. Uh, Paul there who perform or God through him perform great healings, even raise the dead. He mentions there Trophimus, how I left at Miletum sick. 
and others were there. He talked about him being sick, and Timothy, a young preacher, was sick, had stomach problems. And uh, so it's not always God's will to heal. If God healed everybody, no one would ever die. But there may be some other reasons, some immediate reasons that would prevent healing. And the first one is unbelief. Unbelief will hinder healing. In Mark 6, the Lord went back to Nazareth there. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. He could there do no mighty works, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Uh, they could have seen greater things. But there was a lot of unbelief. And uh, therefore, this would hinder healing. And it hinders healing for the soul. It hinders healing for the body. It hinders healing for a nation, is unbelief. You know, I think there's a danger in, uh, in our nation. We, you know, we think, well, if uh, the Republicans are going to fix it. Well, I, you know, the Republicans are not going to fix it. If it's fixed, only God's going to fix it. Now, He can use Republicans or He can use Democrats. But the Lord is the only one that's going to, He's the only answer to the ills of our nation. And we need, I think, as Christians, realize that and believe that. And certainly we'll do everything we can to elect the right kind of people. But the Lord is, has the answer. He's the answer to a nation. And unbelief hinders God's healing. And then unrepentance. Hosea 7 verse 1, When I would have healed Israel, then the iniquity of Ephraim was discovered in the wickedness of Samaria. God said, I would have healed them. But there was still sin. And uh, if sickness is because of sin, and if sickness of the body is because of personal sin, and it's a result of chastisement, then the only way healing is going to come is when the sin's confessed. And God says to Israel here, as far as national sin, He said, I would have healed them but the sin was still there. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I think it was Carl Woodbury who, who said uh, that, uh, uh, that he didn't believe God was going to bless America, and he didn't believe God ought to bless America until America repented. And until America repents before God, I don't think there's really any answer to the ills of this nation. Although I do believe that uh, God has given us a little space. In fact, there's a message that God gave me. I wondered between this message and that message today uh, on uh, space to repent. I do believe that God's given us opportunity. I hope we'll repent. Unrepentance hinders God's healing. In 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. I think generally God wants us to be healthy. Now there are always cases where God sees fit for a person to, to uh, spend their whole life uh, under affliction. Sometimes they bring more glory to God than a person that has perfect health. But here, 
He said, I, I wish that you may prosper and be in hell as your soul prospers. He's writing there to guess a, uh, uh, a good man. And uh, uh, John writes and said, I, I want you to be in hell. I want you to prosper. Well, we may not, uh, we may not enjoy good health in, in uh, uh, this life. I've had some affliction the last couple of years. And I've really tried to seek God very earnestly and very sincerely about it. And for God to show me any, if there's any reason that may be causing it, that I could get rid of it, any personal sin or whatever in my life. And I say that publicly today because I'm certainly open to God's voice and uh, perfectly willing and ready to get rid of anything that would be the cause of it. And it's not always for those reasons. It may be for another reason. But anyway, we may not, uh, we, we may not uh, always receive healing in this, in this world. But in the next world, if we know Jesus, there will be perfect healing. And it says by His stripes we're healed, and there's a lot of debate on that, about where that's healing for the soul only, or if that's healing for the body. I believe it's both. And uh, because Jesus used, referred to that scripture when He was healing, heal, healing the body. And it says by His stripes uh, you were healed in, in Peter there. So I believe it includes healing for the soul. I believe also it includes healing for the body. And it may not be healing for the body now, but thank God by His stripes we are healed and one day we'll, we'll, we'll have that complete healing uh, for the body. And Isaiah 33, 24, talking about the millennial reign, and the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. Boy, I like that. That's one of my, become one of my favorite verses. The inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. Can you imagine such a time? We all have our problems, don't we? Our afflictions. But God says in the millennium, nobody will ever get sick. I can't imagine a world like that. But that's going to be a reality. And Jesus purchased that on the cross. Brother Payne is talking about the glory of the cross today. That's one of the glories. That's what he bought and paid for on that cross. And then in eternity, Revelation 22, 2, in the midst of the street of it, talking about the new Jerusalem, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Well, that indicates to me no one's ever going to be sick. And nations are not going to have the sickness they have now. Nations will be perfectly righteous and the leaves there for the healing of the nations. Now, I don't believe that's for you and I because we won't have any need of healing. We'll have glorified bodies that'll never get sick. So why is that verse in there? What's the purpose? Well, there's going to be people on the new earth in physical bodies for eternity. 
physical bodies that will never get old, never get sick, never die, and live forever. Now, we can't comprehend that, can we? Because we, you know, if Adam had not sinned, he would, have, he would be alive today and would not look one day older and would never have been sick a day in his life. Doctors say the, the heart ought to last forever. The body ought to last forever because it continually reveals itself. The problem is, the problem is the dying that's going on. It becomes more pronounced as we get older, but it's been going on all of our lives. We started dying when we got born. And that death and decay that's constantly with us you don't think you're decaying? Don't take a bath for about a week. Yeah, we're, we're, death is, is been on us for a long time. But thank God, there's life in Jesus. Let's bow our heads, please.